Welcome to Rooting For You, a seasonal gardening podcast for non-experts. I'm Tess and I know nothing. And I'm Elise and I know some things. Each week we'll chat about one gardening topic and then discuss the effort reward payoff by asking, is the juice worth the squeeze? Just a heads up, there might be a bit of swearing in this episode. You've been warned. In last week's episode, we discussed staking zucchinis, a great topic. But in that episode, we were comparing zucchinis with tomatoes. And I said that I thought that caging your tomatoes was a set and forget situation. Well, well, well. Elise has a few tips for me and anyone else who thinks that caging tomatoes are a set and forget. If you haven't listened to our Growing Tomatoes episode yet, do go back and have a listen to that one. If you're not growing them yet at this stage of the early, in the early summer, it's probably too late to get them in. So don't worry about tomatoes for this year. Come back to it next spring. Elise, would you agree that it's too late for tomatoes at this stage of early summer? Maybe if you're somewhere really warm. Okay. You could get away with it. But I would say in chilly Victoria, where we are, yes, it is you're too done. late. You're, <laughs> you're done. done and dusted. It's over. Yep. So in that Growing Tomatoes episode, we had a bunch of like maintenance tips, but we we're getting into some more knit and gritty today. This is more knit and gritty, but it is actually essential because everyone is going to have to, like most people are growing tomatoes and everyone's going to have to have some way of like managing them. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a really good suggestion of yours to go through all the different options. And I even said to Tess before we started recording, when I first started growing tomatoes, I was just like... I don't know, like, you know, there's so many options and they mm. kind of all are a little bit different. I was like, I don't know which one to use. Mm. So I've now actually used pretty much every option there is under the sun. Fabulous. So I could give you the pros and cons of each. Let's do it. I'm going to start with a what not to okay. do. Mm-hmm. Oh, firstly, don't do nothing. You need yeah. something. Yeah. The bamboo stakes that you often see around mm. are not going to cut the mustard. <laughs> I would agree, and I'm going to suggest that <laughs> Tess is save, talking let from me save that one for you. Personal experience. <laughs> when we get into the uh, staking part, you can share your experience. <laughs> it's not much that. of an experience to share. They, they just are not going to cut it. Your tomato yeah. plant needs more. Yeah, it does. And so often, like how many times do we say whatever your trellising system or whatever your support system, like don't underestimate it and how heavy that plant is and how big that plant gets and how a good gust of wind might cause problems. Yes. And do not underestimate how monster your tomato is going Mm. to be because if you go back and listen to our Growing Tomatoes episode, it will be a monster. It will be a monster. (laughs) Exactly. Like you should have problems because your plant is so huge. Okay. How many options for this do you have for us? I've got four. Okay. Well, how are you going to order them? (laughs) Uh, Well, because I was trying to think like, do I have favorites? Like, do I have an order that I think Mm. they're good? I think it really depends on your garden and the type of tomato you're growing. Okay, so no preference in this order. Well, I do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say no preference, but if you asked me what I do the most of, it's caging. Okie dokie. So let's start with caging. Let's start with caging. So this is, for anyone that doesn't know, it is forming a a round or a triangular kind of support circle around the plant with the tomato plant in the middle and it holds it in Mm. like wrapping a burrito. So I've got like wrapping a burrito. (laughs) I'm just thinking someone (laughs) listening might not know. (laughs) It's not like wrapping a burrito at all. (laughs) (laughs) The tomato. 
tomato plant's the filling and the cage is the burrito. <laughs> okay, well, then you do a better job explaining it so it doesn't know what we're talking about. <laughs> so what I've got for a cage, which I just bought from the nursery, yeah. is it's like a coat hanger's wire, but it's thicker than a coat hanger, not mm. much thicker than a coat hanger, mm. and it's like four verticals mm. and then there's maybe two or three loops on the way up. Mm. And it all forms a cage around the tomato. Yeah. Not similar to a burrito. <laughs> and you, Yeah, look, okay. <laughs> and it starts that mine started last year that the plant was very small mm. in comparison to this cage and it like wasn't touching the outsides of the cage. Yeah. By the end of the season, it had literally swallowed the cage. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good assessment and like you say your tomato plants actually should be swallowing the cage mm. i know the exact cage you're talking about they would be the most commonly sold cages across all nurseries i think for a bigger variety of tomato they don't cut the mustard they're not big enough sure you can see that i can see that now with tomatoes i think this is this is going to come up time and time again in this episode they vary hugely in size depending on the variety. Mm-hmm. No, this is not like a zucchini where, frankly, I think your golden, your Lebanese, your grey and your black beauty are all going to grow about the same size. Some tomato varieties will only get about half a metre tall. Mm. They'll be quite small. Some will get well over two metres tall. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine if we're trying to work out how to contain this plant, this the height and the size it's going to get is going to – make a really big difference as to what's the best option. So for a small tomato, yeah, that that cage will do the job. I have some of those cages. I almost never use them anymore because I've just found that they're just not mm. just not big enough. Because what will happen is, right, if you don't manage this tomato properly in the same way when we talked about staking zucchinis is it can just fall over and then you've got a real problem. Mm. So if you are going to use those cages you're talking about, what I have done in the past is – use them but put a stake in the ground behind them and then tied the cage to the stake so there's like more support for the cage yeah so i think that's a really good tip for anyone that's got them the other negative about those cages are you got to store them during winter when they're not in the garden mm. do you i know you're like quite conscious about them in the shed. yeah yeah they, they're, they're small enough that they, and they all like because i got a few of them they yeah. fit together they, like, yeah like stacking inside each yeah. other yeah so that's the thing with the caging is that it also makes it a more expensive option because you've got to buy the cage or you've got to make a cage. So you can actually just make one out of like chicken wire and a few steaks. The cage that I quite like and use a lot is also available from nurseries. It's one that has like three really tall stakes and then has clips that clip between the three stakes to form like a triangle cage and then the reason I like them is they're bigger than the ones you're talking about you can put them in quite deep in the ground so I think they're a bit more stable Mm -hmm. and over winter they pack down to just be three tall stakes and like some shorter cross beams like you don't have to kind of flat yeah the storage yeah yeah, they're flat in the storage okay well that's good that's good to know and in winter you can use them for staking like your broad beans or your peas or you can actually use them for other crops as well so i find they're often in the garden so that can they be used as a flat yes stretched out row yes and then you fold it round into a triangle for your tomatoes exactly right yeah 
So that works quite well. So look, there are lots of things you can use for a cage, but obviously for a cage you need – first thing you need is a cage, right? Mm. However you get one. So the idea with the cage is you want to put it in place when the plant is quite young. And like mm-hmm. what you said is it, once it was swallowing the cage, if you tried to put the cage over the plant at that point, it almost wouldn't be possible. Imp- impossible. Impossible. Yeah. So I wouldn't say you need to set the cage up the day you plant your seedling, no, but probably by the time the plant, I don't know, is like 30 centimetres tall, I would definitely want it on. Yeah, truth be told, for mine – for my tomato right now, I couldn't get a cage over the top of it. I, yeah. could, I could get a triangle around it mm. that way, but mm. I wouldn't be able – it's already too big yeah, it's already at this too time big. of the season. There's no harm in getting them on earlier. Mm. So do it – you know, the other thing is that I quite like the cages for is if you want to provide a bit of protection from the elements like – you know, if it's cold or if it's getting bashed by rain, you can wrap a bit of plastic or a bit of horticultural fleece around your cage oh, yeah. and that like, and just peg it on. And that can just create like a little kind of greenhouse effect for your tomato, which mm-hmm. will actually increase the growing and make it go faster. So it's a way to kind of offer that protection that I'm quite obsessed with, but without a lot of effort because you've already got the cage in position. Yeah. And then once the plant gets bigger or the weather gets warmer or whatever, you just unwrap it and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. So that's quite handy as well if you're in the cold areas. The reason I think I like it the most, aside from everything I've just mentioned, is it is probably the most set and forget of all the options. Okay. Coming into the conversation that, you know, inspired this entire episode. It is pretty much set and forget because as the plant grows, it is for the most part just going to stay contained in that Mm. cage and the cage is going to do the job. I'm quite a fan of it. Kind of like when I was talking about the zucchinis, I don't like the idea of constantly having to go out and be tying it. Yeah. You will find that some arms may fall out of the cage. You just tuck them back in depending on on the type of cage, right? Like if you're using chicken wire, nothing's going to fall out. But some of the cages I've used are quite sparse on the side. So an arm might kind of – you know how it's got the different levels of wire going horizontally around? An Mm. arm might stick out the side and then not make it up. So you just tuck it back in. Literally all of my arms were sticking out the side. <laughs> well, that's not a bad thing either, but when they get too long, they might then like it just gets too expansive. It was too expansive. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> this is why Tess thinks it's set and forget because she didn't tuck any arms up. Okay. So, so you should, should be able to keep funneling them up. Ah. So nothing should be – I mean, if you want to let it go outside, be my guess, but like it should actually stay within the cage. Is the idea right? Okay, okay. Mm. That's new. That is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, you do you, and it's not like the zucchini situation where it's going to actually be like problematic for the plant. But to keep your space situation and to kind of achieve what we're trying to achieve, which is keeping the plant off the ground. Yes, stick them back in. Yeah, okay. Game yeah, it, is, it, it took up a huge amount of space, my tomato, because we all grew out. All yeah, the arms. right. And it also, when it was growing out, it's a little bit hard to then get your tomatoes mm. that are in the middle, in the forest that is has yeah. become this tomato plant. So if you keep them up, mm. it's better for getting your fruit as well. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then we've got this whole thing that we keep talking about this season about like keeping the plant as far away from the soil as possible. Yes. Because obviously if they go out, they're then going to go down. Okay. So there's a lot of foliage mm. in your trimming off your – Well, the arms that don't have 
the flowers on them? Yes. So remember, and if anyone's not clear on this, go back and listen to the tomato episode. But remember we trim out the armpits? Yes. So that's key because okay. the armpits won't produce fruit. Okay, yes. You can trim out more than the armpits. Like you can give it a really good haircut, which we've talked about a bit recently as well. But you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like you can, like honestly, some years, some years I get quite keen on the old pruning of the tomatoes. Other years I don't. Again, like discussed recently, this would be the year to get on the pruning to create the airflow. But the problem with the cage is it can make it harder to prune because you can't really like get in there. Yeah, I'm just trying not to laugh. Yeah, <laughs> my monster last year. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> But I would say more years than not, I don't prune anything. I don't even prune the armpits half the times. <laughs> I just think it's funny that you didn't realize that you had to stick tuck it arms up. up. Yeah, no. stick it back in. Like, you know, in an ideal world, the tomato plant would just do its thing and stay in its cage. But, like, nature doesn't work like that. And the tomato doesn't naturally trellis. Like, it's not mm. like a bean yeah. that naturally wants to climb. It doesn't. It mm-hmm. would just sprawl over the ground if we let it. Mm. I've never, ever seen anyone pretty much grow a tomato and just let it go wild. So I don't really know how that would go. Oh, I've got a photo I can show you. <laughs> no, but you you attempted to. Yeah, you were I, like, I had a cage around yeah, it. Yeah, you had a cage around it. I'm talking about you just like it. <laughs> okay, we need to get some photos of Tess's tomato on the gram, I think. <laughs> now, the other problem with the cage above and beyond everything else I've mentioned is if you grow a tomato that's. meters tall, which plenty of tomatoes I've grown have even become taller than this, your cage is not that tall. Mm. Like your cage, the one that you're talking about, Tess, I mean, I reckon it wouldn't be more than 1.2 meters high. Yeah, I agree. And then the ones that I'm talking about, maybe maybe 1.5 if you're lucky. Mm. What I find come the end of summer and early autumn, especially because my tomatoes are just growing so well, is – they're taller than the cage. They're sticking out the top. And then where do they go? Like there's nowhere to – I can't manage them and yep. they can't just be flopping because if they do literally just flop over, they can break mm. and then lose, I don't know, I suppose like blood flow, but it's not blood flow, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> so then I'm always in this tricky situation of like trying to rig up some kind of support for the top, which is very difficult. Yeah. Now, what? how have I done that? I have sometimes like kind of tied them all together and relied on the fact that there's like a big bunch of them, almost like you're tying a bunch of flowers together. Mm. I, because I grow some of my stuff undercover in the chicken area, I can sometimes use the roof of the chicken yard to tie it up. Now, obviously no one else is going to have that benefit. So you are going to have this issue of your tomato being too tall for the cage. This is sounding very tricky to manage. It's the right problem to have. Sure. Like, you know, if you're not doing a good job of your tomatoes, you're not going to have this problem. So this is this is my thought with cages. I don't exercise this advice myself, but now I'm thinking about it, I think it's quite good. Read the label of either your seeds or your seedlings. Look at how tall that tomato is going to go. And then if it is, say, a meter, that could be a good one for a cage. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be a two-meter one, we might want to look at a different option. Okay. And people do generally say cages are better for smaller tomatoes. Okay. Having said that, though, I, they are very easy. 
Like I still really like them even for the big ones. And with my unwieldy bush last year, <laughs> I still got tomatoes. I got plenty of tomatoes. But that's the thing, isn't it, right? Like it, if your bush is that huge that it's going out everywhere, like it's going to have tomatoes on it too. Yeah. So this is, again, this is all the right problems to have. So we're just trying we to make our lives a little bit easier. Oh. We're trying to make our lives a bit easier and we're trying to get the most tomatoes we can. Because mm. remember, this is also going to stop the fungal infections, which tomatoes are prone to, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of reasons why we want to get this plant up. Okay. So, Cage. The next option, are we, are we cool with caging? Yep, we're okay. cool with caging. Next option is staking. This is your classic stake in the ground, tie your tomato up to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same thing we talked about with the zucchini really. Now the pro for this is it's cheap. You know, a, a, one stake is going to cost a lot less than a cage. It's easier to set up arguably because you're putting one stake in, but the negative is – it needs a lot more attention throughout the season. It's definitely not set and forget. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're growing a tomato that's going to grow to two meters, you're going to need a two-meter stake. Mm. Well, probably at least. At least because part of that, probably half a meter maybe, is going to go in the ground. So you really need a decent-sized stake for this, mm. which is a bit of a pain to try and get from the nursery to your house in the car. But once you've got it there, you're yeah, good to go. sure. So for a really tall tomato, this is probably going to be your best option. Okay. So what you're going to do is you're going to put it in. You're going to ideally put it in when you plant the seedling, like we always say. And then as the tomato, I don't know, probably when it gets like 30 centimeters tall, maybe less, you're going to just start tying it to the stake. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't put the stake closer than 15 centimeters. Mm, Like we don't need it like up in its grill. Yep. And we need to tie it, I don't know, every week. Okay. And then you're going to have – different arms coming out that you're going to need to tie on. So it's it's a bit intensive. So you're tying the arms up as yep. well. Oh. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Now, We're going to need some pictures of this. Yeah. This would be – look, I would say if you took a survey of people, most people would stake their tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Like this is what would be more the most common option. It's not like when you're staking a zucchini where it's like the whole thing is going to keel over and break in one foul swoop if you don't nail this. Like mm. you can be a bit fast and loose with this. And a tomato, like it's nowhere near as heavy. There's more arms. So if one broke, it wouldn't be the end of the world because yep. you've got so many others. Whereas zucchinis, you've only got that one central stem. You can, for your really big varieties and when you're really nailing the tomatoes, which you're going to be, I would use two stakes. Mm-hmm. quite close together because you're going to have so many different arms. You might kind of direct one set of arms onto one stake and then another onto the other. And do you tie the arms kind of loosely? Yeah. Okay. yeah. You don't want to strangle them. Yeah. Don't want to cut off the blood supply. Okay. <laughs> so you can see, like, and you think about how big your tomato was. If you had one stake and you were trying to, like, haul the whole thing into that, like it's going to be a bit, like yeah. it's going to be a bit of a job. What you'll be doing by the end is you'll just be doing these very big, loose, like half a metre pieces of twine yeah, that's kind of right, just right, like right. holding everything in. Yeah. Almost like, um, I don't know, like tying your hair up or something. It's just like it's a bigger, it's not, like at the start it'll all be like a little delicate onto the stem and then it's just going to be like wrapping the whole thing up. Yep. Again, whatever you need to do to keep that plant going upwards okay, and not outwards. So that's, yeah, probably the most common option, the cheapest. It just is more labor intensive. Mm-hmm. 
The third option is called weaving. Now, Mm. I actually really like this option. I've never seen anyone weave a single tomato. I'll explain this in a sec. So if you're like a you in quite a small garden, maybe growing one or two tomatoes, you're probably not going to do the weaving, but maybe. Anyway, here goes. You put two stakes at kind of either end of, say you've got a, a row of tomatoes you're growing, two stakes at either end. And then between those two stakes, you put some tight wire or some tight string. So it forms like a trellis. Mm-hmm. Then what you do is as your tomato grows up, you weave it in between each string. So it like it's almost like braiding hair kind of. So it mm. grows upwards, but it's held tightly in position by this train lines of string. Okay. Does that make sense? How far do you have between your wires? Oh, uh, maybe like 20 centimetres. Okay. And it just kind of like by weaving it through, the tension will just hold it in position. And what it will end up be will be like a tomato pancake because mm. it will grow out along the wire, but it's actually completely flat. Okay. So from one angle, it's like a big wall of tomato. And then from another angle, it's just a thin line. That's what you can see. So all of the arms that come off, all of them are being weaved up in yes. this wire. Yes. All lines. Okay. Yeah. Why I like it is for a really big plant, it's quite easy to contain because you don't have to have it all bunched into one central area it can be kind of like spread out along the wires i also think from an airflow perspective Mm. it's really good at keeping your tomatoes fungal free commercially i think they almost always use this method okay so you've got the airflow and it's also really easy to pick and see the fruit because you've got it all like laid on a plate for you you know yeah, you're not yeah, trying yeah. to like find it like in that. this like yeah. cage bush so I have done this like with like four tomatoes in a row and it worked brilliantly it was like my wall of tomato mm. I was very happy with it it's also very easy to trim off armpits and bottom leaves and things like that mm-hmm. because you can like see everything it is maintenance in that every week you'll have to kind of do a weave but I found that seemed to me perceived anyway to be less work I think because the wires are already there and you're just doing a quick tuck it seemed a bit easier than being like oh where's a string yeah, where's my yeah. scissors to cut it gotta go you know like it, it so felt a little bit more work in the, in the yeah app, the setup. initial setup of it yes and then easier to manage throughout the season yeah and my personality I'm quite like especially in the garden okay I'm gonna do like a couple of hours now to set it up properly and then throughout the season I don't have as much work like I quite like that but if you're going for a fast and loose approach then it's the staking (laughs) now if you want more information on this weaving it's actually called a Florida weave if you want to google it I don't know why I don't know if they grow a lot of tomatoes in Florida maybe but yeah the Florida weave and with your wire set up in winter, what are you doing with it? Is well, it like you're done? Yeah, yeah, you're done. What you can do is because it's just a couple of stakes and then the wire or the string, you just disassemble it and you can use the stakes for something else. You can, you know, wind the string up and then just reset it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably if – I mean, you could use the same setup to grow your – peas and beans during yeah, winter right. okay. like this would be a great option for trellising them or maybe even broad beans so if you were 
like a, you know serious about the garden situation you could set it up again the problem is though because of the crop rotation issue it's not like you can just keep growing mm-hmm. your tomatoes yeah. in the same spot so probably a permanent setup i can't imagine that would be the best option for many people but it's not actually that much of a prick to set up as long as you've got some decent stakes because mm-hmm. you can't, you know, you can't just use little bamboo ones and you're really going to need to hammer them into the ground quite deep because you're going to have the, the wire or the string quite tight between. You don't want the two stakes on each end kind of yeah, concaving in like, in. yeah, like London Bridge type situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as you get your stakes in properly and you do your string, it doesn't need to be super tight, but like tight enough, then like, you know, the job's, job's done for the season. Yeah, okay. So I, I'm a fan of that. It, it just depends on how your garden bed's set up. Mm. And look, maybe people would do it for a single one. I haven't seen it. But it, that's the other thing, right? If I'm doing four tomatoes in a row, setting up four cages might actually end up being more work than just setting up one Florida weave. Mm. So horses for courses. The last option is if you're growing a tomato up against a fence and actually – in your garden, you have this test where you've got a fence with like a trellising, like a rear mesh on it. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is you can use that trellising system as your stakes. So when the tomato grows, you just tie it up to the fence mm. rather than tying it to a stake. Now, I really like this option. It's probably the least option available to people because you have to have a fence and you've got to have anchor points on the fence. But if you do, the good thing is you don't have to worry about the wind, you don't have to worry about your stake being big enough, like the fence is big enough, and then you also don't have to clump your entire tomato plant to one point so it's all like tight and bushy in. You can have like a few points on the fence that you can kind of stretch the tomato out. Mm. So if that is something you've got at your place, and that spot has enough sun to grow good tomatoes, then I definitely would put tomatoes in there and use the fence as your anchor. Yeah, but like for one year because then you've got the crop well, rotation problem again. true, exactly, exactly. And for something, for a smaller, like what's called like a bushing type tomato that's only going to get to 60 centimetres tall, like it's going to be overkill thinking you're going to anchor that thing to a fence. Like mm. a small cage or one stake is going to absolutely do the trick. Yeah. So you're right. Not only do you have to have the infrastructure, but it's only going to get used every four years or something anyway. Yeah, unless it's like your permanent spot is with pots underneath it. Exactly, and then you can change out the soil. Mm. Exactly. So between – you can see why I say like there's not necessarily one option being better than the other. It really depends on your garden setup and Mm -hmm. the tomato variety. So those are your four options. They're my four options. I definitely see that it's entirely dependent on the variety of tomato that you've got, your gardening style, Mm. whether you're fast or loose or whether you want to do like a whole lot at the beginning and then Mm. it's just set up so it's easier to manage throughout the season. Mm. I'm going to stick with my cage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start trailing, you know, I'm going to start getting the arms to go up as you suggest, but... Yeah, I'm happy with my cage. Look, like I said, that's the one I use the most often and that would be what I would what I would recommend, definitely. And like I said, a, a really good trick with the cage is stake the cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's, that's I can do that. Yep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And look, flicking an arm back in the cage is I'd not almost hard. say <laughs> I'd almost say no work at all. Yeah. You're out there harvesting your tomatoes anyway. Yeah, like you're out there having a look, so flicking it back having in, not a, prune, a big deal. So, exactly, you know. pruning some armpits out. Yeah, <laughs> are we in squeezy juice here? We've done. We're it again. we are in squeezy juice. They're definitely they all have their pros and cons. Oh, hang on, mm. let's let's get into squeezy juice. <laughs> So the big question, is the juice worth the squeeze? This is where we look at the effort-reward ratio of today's topic. The categories are superstar, high effort, high reward. Completing this will make you feel like an absolute rock star. Best on ground, low effort, high reward. Quick wins and fill-ins, low effort, low reward. And finally, the wooden spoon, high effort, but not much reward. So squeezy juice time, as I was just saying, they've all got their pros and cons. Mm. For me, I think that the cage is on the quick win end of the scale. Mm. I think if you're setting up your Florida weave, your Florida weave, which sounds sounds delightful. It does, doesn't it? I think that's more superstar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it's the, it doesn't, it's not effort throughout the season, but there is the initial effort. Yeah. Yeah, the initial effort is definitely more than everything else, but it is definitely the best option. Mm. Yeah. So you're right. I put that at Superstar. Rooting for You is hosted by Elise and Tess. Artwork by Lauren Janine. You can find us on Instagram at rootingforyoupod or email rootingforyou at elisealexandra.com. And remember, we are rooting for you.